0: See you Pittsburgh. Can't wait. Fitzpatrick. Enzo. So Eric Decker holds it in. The Jets win in overtime. And the New York Giants, given last rights by
2: many in December, are the Super Bowl champs in February. This is NFL Friday going long on all news, reaction, and game picks for the Giants, Jets, and across the NFL on WFUV Sports.
0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome into another edition of NFL Friday here on this Thanksgiving week. We are thrilled you are joining us a lot to get into this week. We'll be talking Jets, Giants, as we do on every edition of NFL Friday, of course, uh, some weekly pickums, and here to do with me, as always, is
1: Mike Messina. Mike, how's it going? Going great. Got home last night on Thanksgiving break. Now, finally, I feel like it's the semester has taken so long to get to this point, and I'm ready to watch some football tomorrow. Three games tomorrow that I'm excited to watch. Not the best games uh, on the slight by no means, but nonetheless, it's Thanksgiving football, so I'm excited to watch and talk about it.
0: Yeah, look, I mean, Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays. Uh, I know for me, it feels like this semester has just flown by, but, you know, it's crazy as we're here, Thanksgiving, and look, as long as you got some nice food tomorrow, some family, it should be a good time. And of course, as we do every week, we'll be providing you with the latest fantasy advice and here to give us some sit some stardom, some sleepers is Thomas Quigley. Quigs, how's it going?
2: It's going real good. Just got back last night as well. Uh, very excited for this break. Really, really needed this so badly. Um, so many assignments that were just you know front loaded to these first two days that we had class and now it's over. It's 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 a huge win. For
1: did your did your that. professors give you work over the break? Because mine gave me. I have two yeah. papers to do. Yeah. Oh yeah,
0: I got some work to do. That, that's despicable, right? It that's is. Just, what, what are
1: we doing here? What are we doing?
0: Yeah, whatever. Well, at least we can enjoy Thursday for the most part, hopefully. And I don't know. We just gotta. You got to enjoy the things you got positively going on in your life. And uh, unfortunately for New York football fans, there's not a lot of positives. So let's kind of dive into that right now off the bat. And let's start off with the Jets, of course, you know, as as I do every edition of Friday, got to talk with the Jets. How much do we have to say about them? That remains to be seen. But let's start talking some New York Jets football. So, of course, New York will be traveling down to Houston to take on the Texans this Sunday. The Jets are, of course, coming off a tough 24-17 defeat at the hands of the Miami Dolphins, while the Texans just had a big upset win over the Titans. Zach Wilson will be making his return this week. Mike White and Joe Flacco are both on the COVID list, but Coach Sala said he was going to start anyway regardless. He's cleared to go after that PCL injury has kept him out since the New England game earlier this season. So uh, a lot to break down here in this game. I would like to thank two two two-win teams going up against each other, that maybe the Jets actually have a chance in this game. Mike, I know we talked a little before the show. You're, you you didn't sound as confident, maybe, and I don't blame you. I mean, this is not a good football team. So let's start with you. What are you kind of looking at going into this game, and uh, what are some points to make?
1: Look, I'm just looking to see how Zach, Wil- how, how Zach Wilson can progress after coming back from this injury. I, I mean, he missed, I, I believe it was, four straight weeks. And I think I'll start off with last week real quick. I think it was very questionable to start. Joe Flacco I feel like that just takes away from the whole Mike Way and getting him going even though he's clearly not the starter for this team but he's a young quarterback and Joe Flacco's very old and doesn't have longer in the, much longer in the league to go so I just don't really understand the whole coaching decision to start Joe Flacco obviously they want to win games still he's a good quarterback but we know what Joe Flacco can do we've seen it time and time again so I just don't understand that decision but going ahead to this Houston Texans games Zach Wilson has to get back on his feet and. and be the quarterback that we saw in the win against the Titans and the, in the preseason games. Look, we watch him week after week after week, and I think he's getting better. I, I do, but this team is just not clicking, and, and they haven't clicked all season. They haven't clicked for seasons prior, but they need this offense to get going in. It stings because Michael Carter's now out with, I believe, a low-grade ankle, ankle sprain. Yeah, I, he'll be out a couple weeks, yep. So that, that is a huge, huge loss for this team. Um, but look, Elijah Moore stepped up last week, had his biggest game of his early career, and that's what they need. They need to – he needs to work all these receivers, and Jamison Crowder had a touchdown. Elijah Moore had, had a touchdown. Those were the only two scores that the Jets had in that game, and if he can complete these passes to these wide receivers who – Mike, we've talked time and time again. They have a good wide receiving core. They're young mm-hmm. and they're talented. If he, yeah. if he can incorporate all these guys in, into the play, then I think they have a good chance to win this game.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, uh, you know, Quiggs, I want to hear your thoughts as well. But just to kind of touch on some of Mike's points here. First off, you know, you mentioned we want to see improvement from Zach Wilson. I agree. I mean, that's the biggest thing at this point. It's a two-win team. You know, you're not really you – know, this is not a playoff team. This is not, you know, a win-now team. It, it, you gotta at this point going forward and i hate saying this as a jet fan i want to finally have a season where we can count wins where we can look forward to the playoffs unfortunately that's not this year but now we're at the point where it's just really more of an evaluation phase kind of seeing what you have you know you mentioned zach wilson now obviously we want to see the improvement there but before i talk about him i just want to say so far you've seen some encouraging signs from other rookies at, at this draft class from this past year so props to joe douglas for putting together what looks to be a good 2021 draft. I mean, you talk about Michael Carter, you already mentioned. He's arguably been their best offensive player between the run game and the pass game. He's looked very good. He's very elusive, always breaks through the initial contact, very impressed with him. Unfortunately, he's going to be out now. You're going to have to rely on Tevin Coleman and Todd Johnson, who I think are still serviceable, but I understand where you're coming from. Uh, and then you mentioned Elijah Moore. He's been fantastic these last few games, really turned it on. He's the guy that, you know, you're now you're seeing why they were hyping him up. In training camp in the preseason you know four touchdowns in his last three games 140 uh, plus receiving yards last week against last sunday excuse me against the dolphins a touchdown as well he had that 60 yard touchdown where he made a defender miss and then kind of took it to the house so he's been highly impressive and then elijah vera tucker the offensive guard on the left side of the of the, of the line he's been impressive as well in the pass protection game and in the run game open up holes for the aforementioned michael carter so those rookies have been great. They give you some encouragement, even rookies on the defensive side of the ball. Michael Carter, the second, the, the corner, Bryce Hall, who's a second-year man, but he's been very impressive as well. So there are positives in these young players for the Jets. But, of course, at the end of the day, what really matters is the development of Zach Wilson. So we're going to have to hope that after sitting out, you know, he's been out for a few weeks now since that New England game, he's been on the sideline watching. You have to hope that sitting out, having a chance to take a breather, has helped him, has aided has aided him, excuse me, in the learning process. They brought in his personal quarterback coach, John Beck, who's now on the staff. So, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, when Sam Darn was a rookie and obviously, you know, Sam's turned out to be somewhat of a bust in this league, but he really benefited from his rookie season after starting initially, he was out four games with a foot sprain. And then when he came back, he played the best football of his rookie year and arguably the best football of his career. I mean, he had the highest pass rating in the NFL for those final few weeks of the 2018 season. So, you know, you would hope that we could see a similar kind of development with Zach Wilson. I think the biggest thing that Zach struggled with early on in his, in his short career was those simple passes. He could hit the bombs, but he has trouble, you know, with the dump offs, the screens, with the intermediate stuff at times. So you got to hope that maybe that team, he can overcome that. That seemed to be more of a mental plug. But a lot of information I just divulged there. So I'm going to sum it up really, and I want to hear Quig's thoughts as well. You know, Mike, I agree with you about what the point is here going forward. You got to see some improvement with Zach Wilson, but I've also been very encouraged by the other play by the play, excuse me, of the other rookies on the Jets, especially some of these offensive rookies, Elijah Moore, Elijah Barrett Tucker and Michael Carter, the running back. So Quiggs obviously are Patriot fans. So I'm sure you're not going to say anything positive about the Jets, but if you have any
2: thoughts, I'd love to hear them. I got to say that I was also a little bit confused with the move to start Flacco last week, especially because like, obviously the narrative around Mike White has gone through the ultimate roller coaster in the past few weeks. Um, Obviously, this was never going to be like the guy that you want starting over your second overall pick uh, in this year's NFL draft. So to think that Mike White was going to take over Zach Wilson's throne, I mean, mean, he hasn't earned anything yet, but he's not going to take his job just because he had, you know, one good performance. Um, But it is interesting that they would just completely disregard the fact that they, you know, are not going to be a playoff team. And throw out an old vet in there because he maybe has you know won a Super Bowl in his very distant past. There's no reason to really waste that opportunity on you know a, a guy who's late 30s, about to retire. Um, like get, even if even if Mike White's not your guy going forward, he's still a guy, and you could still develop young talent. Even if it's just to have a, a reliable backup behind Zach Wilson, and uh, so that was just a weird call. Um, and uh, as far as this upcoming game against the Texans, I think the big thing is Zach Wilson just has to limit the picks. And you saw last last weekend, the Texans somehow beat the Titans. And this is the, a Titans team that like completely outgained them. I'm pretty sure they they gained 420 yards to the Texans 190. So the big issue was the fact that Tannehill just kept throwing picks. He threw four. Uh, they also had a fumble loss. So. I mean, that's going to be the big thing with this Texans defense. Obviously, they're not a team that's supposed to be winning these games. But, you know, if you, if you just give them the ball, which Zach Wilson, you know, he's already thrown nine picks this season, just six games. That's going to be a key issue uh, on Sunday. And if he can limit those picks, I mean, this is a game that the Jets should be able to win. Uh, Texans are nothing special, but, you know, they're 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 due for some surprises. And we saw that last week.
1: It's just yeah, I mean, a ahead, Robert Salah made in a win now situation, like you said, Quiggs, but they're two the Jets are two and eight. Why are we throwing out Joe Flacco and, and trying to potentially win a game that they still lost by a full touchdown? Why not get Mike Mike White those reps? He's 26. Joe Flacco's, I think 36, 37. And no knock on no knock on his age. Obviously, we see Tom Brady doing it at 44. But Joe Flacco isn't Tom Brady. Joe Flacco's not even that good of a quarterback. And I, I think most people agree with that. I just think. Get those reps. It's clearly not a win win now season at two and eight. There's no sign in the playoffs. Get those young guys, those reps. There's no point in throwing Joe Flacco out there under center. I really don't understand that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, I I agree with what you guys are saying. You know, I mentioned this on one-on-one on One, and I mentioned it, I think last week and NFL Friday too. You know, this is what I'll say about the Joe Flacco trade. I don't agree with the trade at all. I think the trade made no sense to trade for Joe Flacco. Six round pick. You know, the, the Cincinnati game alone, whether or not you think Mike White could ever do that again prove that he can at least be a backup in this league you know you had Josh Johnson who played basically the entire game against Indy because Mike White got hurt he looked great as well so you have you already had two quarterbacks on the roster that are serviceable backups so that being said the Joe Flacco trade frankly made no sense uh, at the time but keeping that in mind you know Mike White was coming off an awful game against the Buffalo Bills and I get it they were the top defense in the league they're gonna make a lot of quarterbacks look bad but he was scared out there he was skittish he was throwing things up on the wing in a prayer you know and frankly, at least with Joe Flacco, what you can count on is the ability to diagnose the blitz, you know, have that pickup at the line, audible, et cetera, et cetera, stuff like that. So being there at the game, I mean, look, Joe Flacco didn't do anything special. I think maybe Mike White could have had a good game too, maybe even a better game just because he knows the offense better than Joe Flacco at this point. That being said, you know, I will say it didn't really seem, uh, you know, that Flacco ever seemed flustered. It seemed that Joe O so line was able to kind of pick up these disguised blitzes and stuff, you know, and solace said that was the reason why they kind of went with Flacco, you know. So, I get it from that standpoint. Um, you know, I, so, uh, I, I, I still don't agree with the trade. The trade still doesn't make any sense. But that being said, given how badly Mike White performed, I can understand why they moved to Joe Flacco. You know, because again, also, I mean, remember what Miami did to Lamar Jackson? He's a former MVP. Can you imagine what they might have been able to do to Mike White? And then you would have had two poor games in a row. And then are we really saying, you know, hey, you want to start up again? Like, it's just, it's hard to draw that line. I think at the end of the day, and I get what you guys are saying. You know, I think Mike White's still a decent. Can still be a decent quarterback, but the bottom line is at this point, it's about Zach Wilson. It's the Zach Wilson show. You have to see improvement and develop development, excuse me, from him going forward. Frankly, none of the rookie quarterbacks have been that special. I mean, Mac Jones has been very good, obviously, uh, but he's. What's great about Mac Jones is what he he does what's asked of him. He doesn't do anything crazy. He's also of all the rookie quarterbacks, he wants to the best team, best organization. So of course, he's going to have the most success. So I would I would take you know Zach Wilson struggles with a grain of salt uh, for his rookie year, but you know yeah you know, what, what are you going to do? It should be interesting to see what goes on Sunday. I will say before we move on to the Giants, I'm just curious one last time around. We mentioned Zach Wilson, you know Tom. You, you mentioned you got to limit the picks. If the Jets are going to win this game, you know it's two two one team, so it's not like a matchup of you know world beaters here. But what are they going to have to do? Uh, you know who's going to have to step up either on the offensive side of the ball or the defensive side of the ball outside of Zach Wilson. If the Jets are going to win this one, Quiggs or Mike, one of you guys?
1: Yeah. So I just want to say, bet, bet, real quick before I answer that, back to Flacco. I mean, look, Flacco had a good game last week. I, I think 24 for 39, 290, two touchdowns. Really not a bad performance at all. But Mike, you make a good point. He can obviously pick up the blitzes more than Mike White can. Obviously, he's a more established, more veteran quarterback. He knows what's coming. He can read a defense very well. But the Dolphins aren't a team that they have to be throwing out a quarterback for them to win. I mean, they were four that they, they were three and seven when they played that game. So it's not like they were going up against a powerhouse team where let's put out our best quarterback. I feel like the Dolphins game would have, would have been a perfect time to get Mike white, some more reps, some more on field action, but talking, but going back to your question against this game, against the Texans, I really think Elijah Moore, um, James and Crowder, just like glass, we're going to have to step up again. They're going to have to catch these balls that that are thrown to them. I know. Some receivers have a problem with catching it and keeping with it after the football move they make. But if they want to win this game, Elijah Moore and James Crowder are going to have to step up and help out Zach Wilson along with this O-line. If he has no time in the pocket to, to find these receivers, then he's going to be getting pressured on every single drop back that, that he does. And we know how that ends up. But if they want to win this O-line, and I would say Crowder and Elijah Moore really have to step up in this game.
2: Craig, mm-hmm. do you have any thoughts? Yeah, it's it's really all the O line. I mean, obviously, it's on Zach Wilson not to throw picks, but if he's just being pressured all all game long, it's really hard not to. So you know, it's, it's up for these up to these guys in front of him to really hold the line. And yeah, yeah we'll see yeah. if that happens. But um, you know, at, at Houston, it's, that's they're at right? they, they're playing there, yeah, yeah, because the Giants are home. So that's yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens. It, how many wins does, does Zach Wilson have? Any wins on the road yet?
0: No, he's only win is at home against Titans. So. Yeah. Yeah, well, you guys mentioned the offensive line. I will say they started off very rough, especially that game against Carolina, open the season. But I've seen pretty steady improvement from the O line, the left side especially. Even with Makai Beckton being out, I mentioned Elijah Tucker. He's been phenomenal, and George fan who frankly had somewhat of a disappointing year last year at right tackle, has moved over to left tackle with Makai Beckton being out. He's played really well, and of course, the Jets made a change at O line last week, sitting Greg Van Roten, who's struggled mightily for them at right guard ever since he's frankly got here last year. And they moved in uh, Duvernay Tartif, the offensive guard they traded for from the Kansas city chiefs, who of course has been out of the league for a year because he's been fighting COVID as a doctor. So props for him, but when he was playing for the chiefs, he was a very solid garden. They seemed to have a decent game last Sunday. So props to him. Let's see how this offensive line does moving, how they do moving forward. Well, that's going to do it for our jets talk. So, you know, hopefully you guys enjoyed that. So let's move over now. Talk some New York football Giants. Of course, they had a brutal loss at the hands of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, falling 30-10 to on Monday Night Football. Daniel Jones remains winless in primetime games. And then, of course, following the loss, the Giants fired offensive coordinator Jason Garrett on Tuesday. New York will be playing host to the Eagles on, on Sunday at 1 o'clock at MetLife Stadium just another brutal performance for the Giants, another brutal day in a New York football, you know, Mike, I want to hear your thoughts and we'll preview the Eagles game, of course, but you know, I want to hear your thoughts kind of on the loss. And then um, Jason Garrett, I mean, Daniel Jones also had a really bad game. This Giants defense had a really bad game. I mean, on that opening drive, they never got Tampa Bay to a third down. It was first and second downs all the way down the field for the Buccaneers. So really just a future performance in prime time on Monday night football. So Mike, let's start off with a game recap and uh, the Jason Garrett situation and then, uh, in a bit, I guess we'll talk some Eagles.
1: Yeah, so you mentioned that first drive. Brutal start to this game. Um, Tom Brady took him down the field effort, effortless, effortlessly. That's a hard word to say, in my opinion. And, like, the Giants defense just didn't even look like they showed up for the game. It's like they they were still sleeping. They were out without Logan Ryan because he was on COVID protocol which is a huge loss because he's the one who knows Tom Brady the best. And he's the one who, who, who is going to take that defense to where they need to go, especially with a lethal offense like the Bucs have. And even the offense wasn't clicking. Like Saquon Barkley's first game back, six carries, 25 yards. And I think I'm at this point. It's been a topic of conversation. I think Saquon Barkley, I, I, I supported the number two pick when we got him. I supported taking him in number two. I supported him. I still support him. I think he's a great player. I'm at the point where I think that pick was a huge waste of uh, of a draft pick. There was no way we should have taken him. And I think he can succeed, but he is not, not going to succeed in this Giants organization. I, I'm at that point. He's not going to succeed. Daniel Jones isn't going to succeed. If you're on this Giants team, you're pretty much set up to fail at this point. I mean, firing Jason Garrett, I feel like, had to happen. Um, I'm surprised it happened midseason. I, 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 if it was going to happen, I thought it would happen during the bye. And they do it. Right after on a,
0: they do it on a short week. I mean, short obviously week, you know, Monday night football is not, you know, like you're going to play a Thursday,
1: but it mm-hmm. you know, still doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Short week. And Joe judge did kind of throw him under the bus saying that, that the players are just doing what they're told and stuff like that. And it's funny because everyone talked about Pat Shermer and how bad he was, but in Pat Shermer's offense, Daniel Jones threw 24 touchdown passes in his 12 games as a rookie and has thrown 20 touchdown passes in 24 games. Um, over two years with Jason Garrett, so there was clearly a coaching issue, an offensive coordinator issue. But this team, in general, man, it, they just do not seem like like they're ready. And I, I'm a supporter of Daniel Jones. I think he's a good quarterback, and I think he can be the Giants' quarterback. But at this point, you fire Jason Garrett, and everyone wants Gettleman gone. Everyone thinks Gettleman should be gone. And at that point, if Gettleman's gone, if Jason Garrett's gone, get Joe Judge out of there. Get Daniel Jones out of there. Get Saquon Barkley out of there. You just gotta build from the bottom up, man. If we're getting all new coaches, I don't want any of these old draft picks that we had. I, I get get rid of Jones. Get rid of Barkley. Saquon hasn't done much so far for us. He's always injured. Just start over. Like th- that—that's what this team needs. They need a, a general manager, a coach who do the entire recruiting process and get the coaches they want, get the players they're interested in. Because Jason Garrett is the only coach who wasn't really connected with Joe judge who wasn't brought on by judge. So I think there was something always there with those two, but this was a move that kind of had to be done. I, I'm sure you guys saw it on Twitter, that third and two play that, that, that Jason Garrett called up where all three receivers crossed into the middle That's and they're standing there, where is he supposed to get that ball to? They had one receiver going out um, deep on the left side, but they had, a deep safety in the corner right on him. So he had nowhere to throw the ball. And that all comes from the, the play calling from Jason Garrett. It just doesn't make sense like, where he comes up with what he wants to do.
0: Yeah. I mean, what I would say is, look, I think you bring up some really valid points. I think, that you know, I, you mentioned it already. Daniel Jones' best season by far was his rookie year under the play calling of Pat Shermer. Now, whether or not Pat Shermer is a good head coach, that's another discussion. But obviously his offensive play calling for Daniel Jones worked out was a lot better, you know, for number 10 than it is under than it was and is under Jason Garrett. You know, the one thing that I found kind of strange, and again, look, I know we want to lay a lot of blame about the feet of Jason Garrett because he's the one calling the plays. But at the end of the day, I mean, you got to put this as a reflection of the head coach as well. I mean, also the head coach comes out here in his press conference and he says something like, and I'm paraphrasing here, so it's not an exact quote, but he was asked who's going to have the play calling duties going forward. And obviously it's going to be Freddie Kitchens. But he said something like, Oh, it's gonna be a collaborative effort. I mean, what are we doing yep. here?
1: I mean, he like said, he said it's gonna be a collaborative offensive effort. And then he was followed up with the question, are you gonna be doing the play calling? And he said, um, it's definitely not out of the picture. So so I mean,
0: this is what I this is what I'm saying. I don't know again, it's just another problem with these Belichick assistants who think they're Bill, so they think they can play games with the media, but they're not. And there's only one Bill Belichick, and I could run down the list for you, Mangini, Bill O'Brien, Josh McDaniels, Brian Forrest now. Uh, you know, uh, just name. Them. I mean, it's just there's never been an assistant that worked out. You know, Matt Patricia. Well, it just it's it's just this is another example of a guy who thinks he's smarter than everyone else. He thinks he's Bill, and he's not. So whether or not he legitimately thinks it's a collaborative effort, in which case he's a moron because I'm sorry, you have the sole offensive coordinator in the game of football who's calling the plays, or. He is thinks he can just lie to people and say, do some coach speak and then have another thing. I mean, what are we doing here? I mean, I'll give Robert solid credit this for the jets, the post-game presser. He was asked about the Jonathan Franklin Myers roughing the pastor penalty, which killed the jets and basically you know, cost him a chance to maybe tie the game at the end. He just, you know, playing English as unacceptable. And that's what you need to hear from a coach. You just need to be honest, especially in this New York market. So, you know, I'm, I'm a disappointed in the way Joe Judge is handling things right now. I'm disappointed in the performance of the Giants. I'm disappointed in the, the, the performance of Jason Garrett, as offensive coordinator. So of course he needed to go. But as far as Daniel Jones, I mean, Mike, look, I agree with you at, from this point. I think Daniel Jones for the most part this year was not the issue. I think he, he overall had been somewhat solid. And I think he had been I, I was, and again, look, obviously I'm not a Giants fan, but I thought he had shown enough, at least in the beginning, especially after that Saints game, that he could still be the guy moving forward. But now I think there are major questions. And, you know, I don't really know what the Giants are going to do. I mean, Giant fans are already fantasizing about, you know, Russell Wilson. Could he come to the Giants in the offseason? Who knows? You know, I just think that this, this team, I, I, I don't think they're making the playoffs. You know, they mentioned that outside shot, the wild card. It's incredibly outside. That's not happening. So to me, you're looking up. You're looking at another blow up here. I think Gettleman has to go. I think Joe Judge should probably go too. I know it's only second year, but I mean, how can you hire a new GM and then force him to keep this head coach? And as far as Daniel Jones, I mean, look, I understand the play calling has been bad. I understand the offensive line has been bad. I understand players have been hurt. But that kind of – those things don't make up for an excuse like – don't give him an excuse for doing something like, you know, about to be sacked, let me just chuck the ball right at a defensive lineman who intercepts it. I mean – what are we doing? I mean, that that just went special. Yeah. I mean, that is exactly, that was a Carson went special and you know, there are things, you know, Daniel Jones doesn't deserve all the blame, but he definitely deserves some because his decision-making even in his rookie year has was suspect. And honestly, where we are with Daniel Jones three years in reminds me so much of where we were with Sam Darnold last year. Honestly, you look at their stat lines in terms of turnovers, in terms of touchdowns, they're practically identical. So I don't know. To me, it seems what we're approaching here, and Quiggs, I want to hear your thoughts before we preview the Eagles game this Sunday. We're approaching a, a, really a, another. And I know Giant fans don't want to hear this. Another rebuild.
2: Yeah, I'll tell you one thing. Russell Wilson's not going to sign on to a team with Joe Judge as the head coach. That's true. So, I mean, I thought that was a, a ludicrous hire from the get-go. Obviously, he was not even close to the most qualified candidate for you know a head coaching job. He's a, a wide receivers coach, and even if he works under special, special
0: teams coordinator
2: yeah special teams coordinator under bill belichick obviously he's you know the greatest coach of all time but that doesn't mean that you know that makes anyone assistant of his also gold we've seen them fail all over the place you named a bunch of names there's only like you know nick saban and, and mike Rabel are like two of the only coaches that have really had success after being in the belichick system uh so it's just it's never been a good marriage especially with jason garrett Garrett was pretty much brought in like fully by the Mara family. I, I don't think there was really any uh, inclination on on the part of Joe Judge to get Jason Garrett in there. Um, Garrett was, I think he, he he interviewed for head coach before they hired Joe Judge. So, um, but you know, a year and a half at offensive coordinator for the Giants after spending nine years with Dallas kind of shows that there's you know a, a bit of a different you know. Um, there's a difference between those two organizations. It, it, obviously, Cowboys fans love to rest on their laurels, and it seems like the, uh, the franchise has as well in, in the past, what, two decades in, in our lifetimes. The Giants have you know, won Super Bowls in our lifetimes, two of them, and you know, this is a team that is used to success on the field. I don't know why their first thought was Joe Judge for head coach, but regardless, I think they need to clean house. I don't think the Daniel Jones experiment's working at all. Um, obviously he hasn't shown really any signs of growth since his rookie year, which is not what you want to see from a guy that you think is going to be your franchise quarterback after, you know, a, a pretty legendary career out of your, your previous quarterback, Eli Manning. So, you know, that's, it, it, I, I don't see much success coming from this current uh, system that they got in, in New York on the Giants side. So I think, yeah, cleaning house would be, kind of the movie in the future, but as far as, you know, this season, we'll, we'll see what Freddie Kitchens has to offer. I know that, uh, Jojo just saying he's, he likes, he's a bit more aggressive with the play call. Um, and he's a former starter QB starting QB at Alabama. So he's, he's got more of like a, I guess a player's eyes view. Well, I mean,
0: Jason Garrett was a quarterback in the NFL. I mean, right.
2: You know. So, well, I mean, we'll see. that, this is literally what Joe Judge said. He, said. he said he thinks like a player. And Jason Garrett, you know, he claps a lot. Uh, doesn't have a lot of results on the field. So,
1: look, I don't, so for G- I don't hate the Joe Judge hiring. I really don't. I thought it was a good hire at the time. Obviously, my, my perspective has changed. But if we're getting, if the Giants are getting a new general manager, there's no need to have Joe Judge as the head coach. The general manager should have full reign of getting a head coach that, he is comfortable with who he thinks can lead this team to success. And look, there's going to be no success if we don't fix this offensive line that the team has been trying to fix for the last four years. Four years ago, well, it feels like more than four years. It feels it like feels like ten.
0: We, we were talking about O line with Eli. I mean, I, I, I don't even. I, yeah, but go ahead, Mike.
1: Yeah, there, there's four years ago. They, they they come out. We're going to fix this O line. We're going to do this for the organization. We're running out Nate Solder, Will Hernandez, Billy Price at center, Matt Skur and Andrew Thomas, who just got back from injury. And Matt Pert has not played well at left tackle at all. I mean, like, that's why Saquon has, what, what do you have, 26 yards against the Bucks, something like that? Yeah, 26 carries, 25 yards against the Bucks. I mean, for a guy this big, this fast and strong and great football knowledge, I mean, to get 25 yards in a primetime game, yeah, sure, off injury, but. Look back at his other stats. I don't think he's had a great uh, a good game in a while. I mean, he's not gonna be able to succeed if this old line can't stop me, you, and quiggs. So, like, I'm not I'm not sure how the organization is gonna go about this. But in my opinion, I think we get a new general manager, they fire Joe Judge, they trade Daniel Jones, they trade Barkley, get good pieces. I mean, like, what's the point of this one? Get get you can get a running back in the draft, you can get a quarterback in free agency or a trade for a quarterback. Let's trade some of these big time guys for good offensive linemen. I, I mean, the team, in my opinion, no team will be successful without a great offensive line. Obviously quarterback's the heart of a team. And it's just, it's just a step that has been four years in the making that they haven't succeeded yet. And it's just time to, to finally make that big step and get the pieces you need out of line in order for your quarterback and running back to be able to do something.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, uh, I, there are some really good points, you know, that you bring up Mike um, you know, I, and you mentioned the Saquon pick for me, that's that pick never made sense. I mean, you, you knew Eli was out the door. You, you decided to take a running back when there were several quarterbacks available. Some of who have turned out to be great, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, who knows maybe if Sam Darnold had started somewhere else, he would have had a solid career. Who knows? So there's that. And then frankly, Saquon has not been the same since the injury. He really hasn't had an amazing year since his rookie year. I know the second season was okay, but you know, so the Saquon pick to me never really made sense and still continues not to make any sense. You mentioned trading Saquon and Daniel Jones. I don't really know what you think of at this point. I mean, what do you what are you really going to get? Not and much. Then the offensive line – yeah, not much. And the offensive line is just atrocious. I think that's – like you said, we've been talking about it forever. Really not nothing much else to say other than, you know, it's just been beaten into the ground at that point, beating a dead horse with that – talking point about the Jets, the Jets. I I want to talk about the Jets. That's how annoyed I am with all New York football with the giants, excuse me, offensive line. And this is the last thing I want to say before I want to hear both your thoughts on the game this Sunday. You know, we mentioned, we always put the blame at Gettleman. We put the blame at Joe judge, but you know, what about putting some blame at the feet of John Mara? You know, John Mara and the Mara family have often been lauded as one of the, the greatest ownership groups in football one of the great ownership groups in New York and, and a city that's had some really bad owners, you know, the Wilpons, Dolan, you name it. There's been some tough, you know, ownership groups. And, you know, when it comes to the Maras, you know, you guys mentioned that the Jason Garrett hire was a mayor decision. And, you know, the, after it, as the owner of the giants, you watch this guy coach the Dallas Cowboys with the two disastrous results at times consistently never get over the hump. And then you decide this is the guy we want to bring in an offensive coordinator. This is the guy we're going to leapfrog our GM and our coach and say, no, we want to hire this guy. You know, John Mayer, I think, wants to win. I think he cares about winning. You know, obviously, the, the Giants are historic French guys. But, you know, at what point is he going to get some of the blame? Because, you know, the head, this, the fish stakes from the head down. And, you know, at a certain point, it's not just always about the GM, it's not always about the head coach, the owner deserves some blame as well. So I don't know if that's a, a thing that you guys would think about as well. But real quickly, before we finish up this Giants segment, should we look ahead to this Sunday with the Eagles at home? Mike, you're a, a Giants beat reporter. You're going to be there. What are the Giants going to have to do to win this game?
1: Yeah, back to your, back to your John Mayer point real quick. I think there's 100 percent blame on him. And it's, it's kind of funny. When, he, when there's a, something going on at halftime at, at MetLife Stadium during the Giants game, he gets booed off the field from the second he steps foot onto the field until he actually walks off and you can't see him anymore. The only thing the crowd is saying is doing is booing him. They want nothing to do with him. And I mean, you can't really blame the fans there. I, I mean, it's you said it, it starts from the top down and he's at the top. And it's his decision whether Dave Gettleman is still president of this uh, general manager of this team, excuse me. And it it starts with him, and he has to make changes, or the fans are going to keep not wanting to come to the games. Some fans leave at halftime. During during the Rams game when they were getting blown out, I think it was like thirty to three at half. The stadium was half filled for the rest of the game. It's like no one wants to come and no one wants to watch those games with the leadership that they have here. But moving forward to the Eagles game, I don't remember the question you asked me, but I don't really know. What do you think?
0: What do you think? What is the key to success here if they're going to even have a chance in this game? That was my question.
1: I, I mean, like. O-line, the O-line, same thing for the Jets. The O-line needs to do something in order to get Saquon going. And honestly, if the Giants want to win, I think Saquon has to get going because Jalen Hurts, I've been very critical of Jalen Hurts in the NFL. I think Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback now. He has improved over the last couple of games drastically. And what he can do on his feet is very good. He has a good arm, can run the ball. And if, if the Giants defense played like they do against the Bucks, he's going to run all over them. But the offense needs to get Saquon going. He needs to get back to his rookie season and just have one good game. Start it with a good game. It, it only st- you you got to take it play-by-play, play, have a good drive, have a good game. That can give him some confidence, give the quarterback confidence, give the entire team some confidence if you can see your star player get going. And look, this is kind of – the Giants have dealt with injuries all year. I'm not sure. I think Sterling Shepard might still be out for the game next week, but – yeah, Kyle Rudolph's questionable, Sterling Shepard's questionable, but if they can get Kenny Galladay going, man, he is someone that has so much potential. Obviously, he had played great with the Lions, but nothing really happened for him this season so far with the Giants, and they need to be able to incorporate him. And now that Jason Garrett is gone, hopefully start using Kadarius Toney the right way. The guy is electric out on the field, has a great arm, threw like a 60-yard pass uh, Monday night against the Bucks, it Wasn't complete, but he's a very, very – lethal player out there and he just was not being used to his skills and his advantage so hopefully now with someone else calling please um can incorporate Kadarius Tony more because i think he can be a huge part of this offense
2: yeah i think one of the major areas that the giants completely struggled with monday night was on third down they're only one for nine if you can improve that in any way obviously you're not going to win a game if you can't convert on third down more than once in nine attempts so uh, look for them to improve in that area or else they're going to get absolutely spanked by this Eagles team that's really heating up at the right time for them.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, I think you guys touched on it. You know, I don't, my main thing is I'll be interested to see what kind of the play calling differences now that Freddie Kitch is in charge. Are we going to see more aggressive offense? Are we going to see better spacing for receivers? Are we going to see more targets for Kadarius Toney? Get your playmakers involved. I know the offensive line needs to step up, but you know, the Giants need to scheme a way to get the ball in the hands of their best players. If they can do that, Maybe they have a chance. I don't think they do. I think the Eagles are too hot right now, but we'll get to pick in just a little bit. But before we do those pick of course, as we do every week here on NFL Friday, we have to do our weekly fantasy segment. And, of course, our fantasy expert this week is Quiggs. So, Quiggs, who, let's start off with the stardoms. We'll do stardoms, sit sleepers like we always do. But I want to hear your stardoms first. Who are two guys that
2: must be starting for your fantasy team this week? Well, number one's got to be uh, Chicago running back, David Montgomery. He will be playing in Detroit for that early game on Thanksgiving. Lions defense is ranked third worst in the league for points per game allowed to running backs this season. Uh, And 11 running backs, 11 different running backs, have put up 15-plus on them already. Uh, Andy Dalton will be starting on Thanksgiving uh, with Fields still recovering from that rib injury. So, you know, it's a bit of a less, less of a running threat from QB, from the QB position. So, you know, probably more workload, for Montgomery, he's a definite start. Um, I'd also go Michael Gallup in the later game, the uh, late afternoon. Uh, Vegas will be in Dallas for that. Amari Cooper's sideline still for uh, Dallas' Thanksgiving game. And CeeDee Lamb, he's still questionable. And, you know, if he, if he does play, we don't know exactly what capacity he'll be able to play at. So that's good news for Michael Gallup. Owners should be noted that he has been floating – Around the six-point mark in the two games that he has played in, uh, which is you know the past two weeks, uh, but uh, he's also facing off against one of the best pass defenses in the league in Vegas. Still worth a start if he's you know the number one option for this very potent uh, Dak Prescott-led Cowboys offense. Two very good starting picks. I have to. I'm going to comment on the David
0: Montgomery one because, of course. I have David Montgomery on my fantasy team, 9-2, and two, best team in the league. You're welcome. I know no one cares, but I do. And uh, David Montgomery, he'll be in my uh, my starting lineup this week course. So that is some good news. But, Mike, I don't know if you have any thoughts on these uh, startups.
1: Yeah, I like the David Montgomery pick. I'm just skeptical because I think – Matt Nagy's getting fired after this game win or lose so I don't know I don't know how well the team's going to be playing just because all the rumors floating around but I love the Michael Gallup pick he's playing three games this season not doing so good but he was obviously injured from week two through week 10 I think it was but if CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper are questionable then he's going to be wide receiver one or wide receiver two and he's he's going to have to be getting looks from Dak so he's going to be racking up receiving yards and catches so I, I like that pick
0: well, two stardoms, but of course, we also have to keep in mind the people that we should
2: not be playing this week. So, Quiggs, who are your two for this week? So, before I get into my sit I just want to send a quick shout-out to the lock of the week, Jonathan Taylor. Um, 51 points last week. He's the single-handed only reason that I'm at 7-4 and four right now in my league. Uh, so, thank you to Jonathan Taylor for that. But Same to me for Devin Eric Henry, podium. but
1: he's injured, so – going downhill for me slowly
2: yeah well that i mean jonathan taylor you know might be an mvp question and i maybe. Um, but we'll go to the sit-ems. i will say my number one is miles gaskin guy's been very up and down of course this is miami's running back uh, and he's playing against the carolina panthers sunday at 1 p.m very up and down season he's failed to reach nine points in back-to-back uh, weeks all season, he hasn't you know, put up back-to-back nine-point weeks, which is you know, something that you would probably want from your starting running back uh, if you have him on a team. And he's also lining up against a Carolina defense with the second-fewest fantasy points per game allowed to running backs this season. You're going to want to leave Miles Gaskin on the bench this weekend. And staying in that game, you're also going to want to sit Robbie Anderson. He's got Cam Newton at the helm now. Obviously, that means it's going to be a drop off in his targets and production in the air uh, with Cam Newton being much more of a ground threat. And while Miami's past defense is one of the worst in the league, Anderson's failed to score in the double digits more than twice this season. And, you know, obviously, there's going to be an inevitable reduction in touches, and that certainly won't help.
1: Yeah, uh, Robbie Anderson really hasn't had a great fantasy year at all. I'm looking at it is really not not that great at all. So, yeah, I would definitely sit him if I had him. And Miles Gaskin, I don't really think he's that good. I was very high on him last year and the year before. But I just don't think that offense with Tua at the helm is kind of clicking and they just kind of can't really get anything going. Although he did play well against the Jets. Um, But, yeah, love those picks. And I definitely, definitely don't think Robbie Anderson should be in that lineup, especially with Cam Newton using his feet more now.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, I'll just, you know, Miles Gaskin saw him in action last week. You know, nothing really that crazy impressive. But as far as Robbie Anderson, um, look, I, I will say selfishly, you know, I was really, you know, beaten up on the Jets when they let Robbie Anderson get away. And, you know, frankly, this year he has not had a good year at all, whether that's a product of the quarterback situation or, I don't know, his usage on the team. I mean, he was able to have a very solid year last year with Teddy Bridgewater and P.J. Walker at quarterback. You know, this year he's had Donald.
1: P.J. We know what the issue is, Mom. We, we, know what, we know what the issue is. It's the quarterback that they – Of course they it is. It's the quarterback. quarterback. Yeah,
0: it's Sam Donald, No, you're right. You're right. Well, I mean, that's the thing. But I, the thing is I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is, like, you know, that much better than those, those guys I mentioned. You know, Cam doesn't really – you know, obviously you realize on his legs a lot, so I get that. You know, I think it's a good sit-in there, Quiggs. I will say, you know, Jet. a lot of people were killing the Jets, We so let Robbie Anderson get away. You let Sam Darn get away. I know I make everything about the Jets, but I can't help it. You know, to see them kind of struggle, I, I will admit it's a little, you know, a little, I told you so but that's okay. All right. So let's, before we wrap up the fantasy segment, you know, what makes or breaks a fantasy team. And I say this every week is that sleeper pick that guy that maybe you're not people are paying attention to. You put them in the lineup. They help you have a big day quiz. Who's your sleeper for this week?
2: This guy, everybody's been sleeping on for the entire season, for the past two seasons. I think um, this is gonna be Cam Newton is my oh. sleeper pick of the week. Cam put up big numbers against Washington last week, three total touchdowns. He rushed for 46, Only went 189 yards through the air, but that makes back-to-back weeks for Cam with a passing touchdown and running touchdown uh, since his return to the Carolina Panthers. Um, And he'll be facing uh, against a 20th-ranked Dolphins defense. I don't think it's unreasonable to think that Cam could put up similar figures. He's, you know, one of the most dynamic threats in the red zone at the QB position. And, you know, it's not a guarantee that he gets a passing and running touchdown every week, but I don't know. I, I like the way that he, he's looking right now and he's pretty familiar with the way that this, this Panthers offense runs. And I think that he is a great sleeper pick for this Thanksgiving week.
1: Yeah. And I don't even, I honestly don't even, wouldn't even consider him that much of a sleeper. I think he's a, a very talented quarterback and look, he's putting up 30 and a half points against a Washington defense that is it's supposed to be better than they are, but they're good. Obviously no chase young now with that injury. But if he's doing that against a Washington defense, nothing tells me he can't do that against uh, Miami Dolphins defense. That is much worse than the, Dolph- uh, than, uh, the Washington football team defense. So I, I think Cam's going to use his feet a lot, throw the ball when he can, especially in those five yards and in to the end zone passes, a little out route to Christian McCaffrey and stuff like that. I think he's going to get a lot of points this week, and, I- and I think going forward, they have a buy after Miami, which can help him learn the offense a little more and-, and just get accumulated with the team. But I like that pick.
0: I mean, look, I'll say this about Cam Newton. I think he's been reinvigorated being back in Carolina. I mean, you know, New England Quigs, you know, obviously you probably watched his performance closer than any of the three of us here. But, you know, I would say it was disappointing or not what he was in Carolina. But, you know, he's only two games. And I know even the one game he was really just like a special package kind of guy. But he looks reinvigorated. My one concern is, and I mentioned this earlier, you know, you saw what Miami did to Lamar Jackson, a mobile quarterback, a guy that relies on his legs. But the thing is about Lamar, he can still throw the ball. I, Lamar is a good passer of the football, despite what some people may say. Cam Newton used to be a good passer of the football, but his shoulder is just—I don't know where it is. I still question whether he can make f- throws down the field. If Miami can shut down Lamar Jackson, I think they could very easily shut down Cam Newton. So that's my one concern. But again, the Miami defense is nothing crazy special, you know. So they did give up 17 points to Joe Flacco and the Jets, which obviously is not a lot, but still. Um, so hey. Good fantasy advice, Quigs. Hopefully that helps some people out this Thanksgiving. Makes the uh, Thanksgiving dessert a little bit sweeter with some good fantasy success. That's going to do for our fantasy segment. But before we wrap up today's show, of course, we got to go to the weekly Pick'em segment with some special Thanksgiving games, of course. We're early recording this week. So let's get it started. Mike alluded to this a little bit earlier with the rumors of the Matt Nagy firing. First pick-em-of-the-week, Chicago at Detroit. Mike, let's start with you.
1: Man, I want to see Chicago just go down in flames. Let, let me take Detroit. Let me get them get them their first win, get Matt Nagy out of there, let all the Bears fans just have a moment to, to celebrate. They lose the game, don't celebrate that. Celebrate, Matt Nagy's gone. Andy Dalton's not that great of a quarterback. We all know that, but he can get the job done. So if there's a Good chance the Bears win this game. But Jared Goff's playing this week for the Lions. So I'm just going to take the Lions. I, I take them a lot. I'm hoping they get at least one win this season. I feel like maybe Thanksgiving's kind of like that perfect. Let's get this win. Jared Goff's back. Let's get Matt Nagy out of here. So I'm taking the Lions in this one.
2: Please, This is going to be just like an unwatchable football game. Unwatchable. It, might be, it might be close, but it'll just be bad football. I'm definitely going to take the Bears. I think Nagy's going to go out on top. Uh, (laughs) this little, this little uh, super bowl that he has cooking on Thanksgiving um, with an almost certain firing waiting for him on the other side of this weekend. So, uh, you know, this, this line team is just, it's really hard to watch. Uh, And, and, you know, Andy Dalton looked all right against the Ravens this past weekend.
1: So I'm going to take the bears. It's only a three point spread, which I'm surprised about. Honestly, I thought it would be a little higher, even with Dalton at quarterback. Yeah, look, I
0: mean, I'm gonna look, I want Detroit to win. I really want it to win. I like Dan Campbell. I mean, he's crazy, but like I love the emotion, I love the passion. I really want to see them get a win. That being said, I just think Chicago's gonna pull this out. I just think they're the better team. I mean, and they're not they're both not very good, but I like Chicago. And also I just feel that with all these rumors of Matt Nagy being fired, it would just be, you know, such poetic justice if somehow he won this game and then they still had to fire him afterwards or he staved off being fired for another week. So I don't know. I just feel like with the Bears, the Bears aren't a team that's in the same vein as the Jets or the the, the Lions or the Jaguars, but they're close. They are, in terms of a team that's really never had a lot of success in a long time, they're they're close. So that would be, you know, I think it would be fitting for them. So give me the Bears. I just think that'd be really funny given the news. All right, next up. The Raiders at the Cowboys, a matchup of two of the most storied teams in NFL history who, of course, have had no success in the last 20 years, but they used to be really good. So uh, let's start with Quiggs. Who do you like in this game?
2: I got to take the Cowboys. The, the Raiders aren't exactly trending in the right way. And, uh, you know, the Cowboys are at home. They finally have a good team. So a Thanksgiving game that's actually worth watching for Dallas. Uh, and Dax Dax looked great. I know that they're, they're pretty short on their receiving core this week, but – they're seven-and-a-half-point favorite, and it's tough to, to go against this, this Cowboys team, even if they're
1: coming off a kind of tough loss to the Chiefs last week. Yeah, earlier in the show I said that there wasn't good games on Thursday. There's two good games on now that I'm looking at it. So I, both this game and the next game I think is very good. I'm with Quiggs on this. I'm going to take the Cowboys, even with their diluted wide receiver room right now, they still have Ezekiel Elliott, who can do damage, it, especially if you give him the ball 10, 10 yards and closer. He can just drive through that offensive line, drive through that defense, and, and get into the end zone. And I think they're just going to be able to play better than the Raiders after. Obviously, the Raiders have had a tough, tough season. Henry Ruggs, John Gruden, and I liked Rich Pasichia going into when he first became interim. He won that, won, won the first game. I believe he won the second game. I just think, I, I just think his time as interim coach is slowly coming to an end, and, and he can't keep up with the team as a whole. So I'm going to take the Cowboys in this one.
0: Yeah. I'm going to take Dallas as well. You know, Mike, you say you're, you were wrong in saying there's no good games. I'm sorry. I just look at these games. I still think they're terrible. You got Chicago, Detroit. That's awful. You know, the Raiders are trending very downward. The Cowboys who will still win the NFC East. They, They can put out a stinker here and there. I mean, you remember that Denver game and then Buffalo and New Orleans. Buffalo looked awful last week against Indianapolis, who I still don't think is that good. And you got New Orleans, who's trotting out Trevor Simeon. So, you know, we've had some some very good Thanksgiving games over the year. I hope we have some good ones here, but I don't really think you were wrong in saying they weren't that great. But quickly, Raiders-Cowboys, I think this has the potential to be the best of the day's games. Um, But give me Dallas as well, like I said. You know, they're just a better team, you know, and you guys mentioned as well, Vegas is trending downward. I would like to see the Raiders win uh, just because, I don't know, I don't really care for either of these teams. But sometimes you want to see, I don't know, uh, but it's going to be Dallas, I think. All right, next up, Buffalo at New Orleans. Uh,
1: Mike. Bills. I mean, Saints aren't that good. I just, Bills are a much better team. Not – Chris is going to like this one, not at the top of the AFC East anymore. Let's go, baby, Buffalo bills, but I'm, I'm taking the bills. I think they're going to cover. I think they're going to win by at least two touchdowns. And it's just, it, it's going to be, it's going to be a good game to watch. I think. Cause I, I like, I'm a fan of both these teams, but I think the bills are just going to take over this one early.
2: Yeah. I think you guys know which team I'm rooting for tonight or for that game. <laughs> um, but obviously Buffalo is going to win. They're, they're coming off a really bad loss uh to the Colts which you know the Colts aren't a terrible team but they got absolutely smothered and you know this is a a week in which the Patriots are playing the Titans best team in the NFL or best team in the AFC so um that's a must win for the for the Bills if they get a win Patriots lose they're back in first place I think the Bills are going to take care of business in New Orleans although New Orleans does have you know, some sneaky play or they they have some sneaky performances sometimes, but with Trevor Simeon at the helm, I i just don't see them beating this Bills team.
0: Yeah. You guys mentioned it all. I mean, the Buffalo is just far away, the better team. You know, I think they're probably really annoyed after what happened last week. They're embarrassed at home. So yeah, give me Buffalo. I don't really see New Orleans. I know it's in New Orleans. I know it's at the Superdome, but uh, Buffalo is just far and away, the better team. All right. Next up Tampa Bay at Indianapolis quickly.
2: Yeah. I'm going to have to go with the Bucks. Uh Indy's just definitely not going to be able to replicate the performance that they had against the bills. And uh, you know, the, the bucks have been trending downward, but they had a pretty big bounce back win over the giants as we've talked about. And I think Brady's going to kind of lock into another gear. It, it's it's that time of the, of the season where he, he starts to take things a little bit seriously. I know that we doubted the bucks a little bit earlier on, and then they went on that very long win stretch to uh, go on and win a Super bowl. Um, well, I don't think that they have the same aspirations this year, I think they will take this game over Indy on Sunday.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I got the Bucs in this one. I've been a huge critic for Carson Wentz since uh, since I started watching football. I don't think he's a good quarterback. But that team is backed by Jonathan Taylor with five touchdowns last week. But I don't think he's going to be able to replicate that two weeks in a row. Bucks defense is torn up right now. Um but well, look, their offense is health Is relatively healthy. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Leonard Fournette, Gronk is back, back from the rib injury. So I'm going to take the Bucs in this one. They're, they're they're on the right direction going forward. I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, I hate to just you know follow the pattern, but I'm also going to take the Bucs as well. It Just again, it comes down to it. They're a better team. You know, I, I think you know there've been some of the haters have started to come out a little bit after a couple of losses there for Tampa Bay. But they kind of I know the Giants are an amazing competition, but I think they had a had a dominant performance, which is what they needed. I agree with Quigs. Look, like Brady. He hurt my Jets a lot, so I can't say I like the man. But you know, in the words of Anchorman, when uh, Ron Burgundy and Vince Vaughn Vince character, he's like, "I respect you," and that's what I—that's how I feel about Tom Brady. So you know, give me the Bucks. I respect him. He's the goat for a reason, and I think they're going to start to go on a run here. Give me Tampa Bay. All right, next up, the game that I will unfortunately be forced to watch because I have a problem. I'm addicted to New York Jets football. Jets at Houston, Mike. <laughs>
1: I don't even have a clue. Honestly, (laughs) I have have no idea who's going to win this game. I'm looking at, I'm just staring at jets and Texans right now, both two and eight Texans are favored by two and a half. Yeah. Let's, let's go with Texans, man. Let's do it. I (laughs) I've never, I've never, ever, ever hit anything taking the jets in any sort of way. So I'm just going to go with the Texans here. I don't think I'll watch a second of this game. However,
2: yeah, this has got to be one of the worst games of the week. So I'm just gonna go Houston. I just don't see Zach Wilson getting his first road win uh, right after his injury. Um, yeah, go and go with the Texans.
0: Look, it's Thanksgiving. It's it's a time to be joyous. It's a time to be happy. So we got to be positive here on this podcast. And You know what? I picked the Jets to lose last week, and I was like, maybe that'll jinx me and the will win. They still lost anyway. So why not just be positive? Let's just go for it all. Zach Wilson going down to Houston. He's going to have his first row win. The Texans stink. we're going to shut down Davis Mills. Give me the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 praying, hoping for a victory. Please, Zach, let's get it done. Give me the Jets. All right, the other New York team philly at the giants mike
1: this is i think it's going to be a very interesting game I, I i think the eagles are trending upward by a lot there and the giants are trending downward by a lot um i think the eagles i think the eagles are going to win this game but i'm going to pick the giants um yeah I, I, eagles are going to win this game but i'm going with the giants in this one kind of a reverse reverse psycho action going on here
2: yeah, I'm going to take the Eagles. It's really easy for me to bet against the uh, New York football teams. So i uh, got to go with the Eagles here. Jalen Hurts is playing well. Uh, Daniel Jones, obviously not. And the Giants are, you know, I don't think they're going to get a win coming off of this Jason Garrett firing. It's just, it's too much turnaround in, in too short a time. And the Eagles are a good team. So I think I'm going to take Philly.
0: The Eagles are undefeated 2-0. and since their head coach made the fertilizer flower comment analogy thing remember that that was really weird but we're going to ride the momentum going forward i think the eagles are super hot right now i think jalen hurts is playing really good football i don't think the giants are very good give me the eagles all right next up carolina at miami mike
1: carolina at miami i'm gonna go with the panthers just because cam newton's back if sam Darnold was there i'm taking miami but Cam Newton's there. He's going to be able to use his feet a lot more than Donald. And I'm not sure if Tua is even healthy. I know he, he's in and out with injury. Um, so I'm going to go with Carolina this one. I think they're going to be able to, to utilize that offense better.
2: Yeah, I like Carolina in this one. I think uh, there was a tough loss for them last week. But they are a, kind of a legit contender in that NFC. It's a little bit open uh, for that last wild card spot. And I think that they have a good chance, especially with Cam Newton coming back. I think we're gonna see some good production from him. I think I think he's gonna ha- by the end of the season we'll have better numbers at least for the the number of games that he played than he did last season. I think he's a little more comfortable in Carolina, and uh, I don't I don't really see Miami winning a back to back weeks. So I'm gonna take the Panthers.
0: Yeah, I'm also taking the Panthers. You know, I was not impressed with Tua against the Jets. Obviously, they still won, but I don't know. I don't think he's very good. And Cam, look, I like what I like what I've seen so far, and coming back. You know, I'm a little concerned that maybe Miami can get to him, but give me Carolina. All right, let's try to move quickly here. Let's try to get these a little bit more rapid fire as we go along. Tennessee at New England. Quicks.
2: You know, I'm going with the Patriots. Uh, They look like the best team in the league right now. The Titans looked like one of the worst teams against the Texans last week. So got to take the Patriots at home. They're going to remain in first place.
1: I used to play great against great teams and they play awful against awful teams. It makes no sense. I'm going with the Pats. Uh, I, I think Mac Jones is a good quarterback. I think the Pats are a good team and I just think they're, it's not even going to be an upset. They're favored by almost a touchdown, but I'm taking the Pats on this one.
0: Yeah. Give me the Patriots too. It, it pains me, but Hey, look, they're, they're on a roll here. I really think they're probably going to, I think there's a really strong chance they're actually going to win this division and hang on for the lead. Uh, look, they're just—they're firing all cylinders. They're at home. Give me the Patriots. All right, next up, Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. Mike,
1: great game. I think um, the Bengals haven't played up to their expectations as they did in the beginning of the season, but it's going to be a bounce back game for them. Um, I'm going to take Joe Burrow. We're going to take the Bengals. Um, predicting a huge game from Joe Mixon and Jamar Chase, and I think it's going to be a win for the Bengals.
2: Yeah, I'm going to go with Cincinnati as well. I just think Joe Burrow is better quarterback right now. Then Big Ben, and that's going to, you know, show itself on Sunday. Yeah, you know, give me
0: Pittsburgh. You know, it's, it's just a gut thing. But, you know, to me, it always seems like whenever Cincinnati kind of seems to be moving in the right direction, they can never really get over that hump when it comes to the Steelers. So, I don't know. I think Cincinnati probably is a better team on paper, honestly. But give me the Pittsburgh Steelers. They got uh, Najee Harris
1: who's going to run that ball right down the defense's throat, too.
0: Yes, he definitely is. All right, next up, Atlanta at Jacksonville Quigs.
2: Ah. Uh, I'm going to go with the Jaguars. The, the Falcons looked absolutely terrible on Thursday night football, and I don't think they will bounce back very well.
1: Uh, Jacksonville's taking this one. Another game I have absolutely no clue what's going to happen, who's going to win. Shouldn't even happen. They should just flex it out of Sunday and make it like a Tuesday night game. Hmm. But give me um, – I have James Robinson as my running back, so give me the Jaguars. Hopefully he has a good game.
0: Yeah, I'll just go with another contrarian pick. I just think these are two awful teams, but I just think the Jaguars are so bad. I don't know. Uh Matty Ice, why not? Give me Atlanta. All right. Next up, Chargers at Denver. Mike.
1: Justin Herbert and the Chargers are going to win this game. I don't think the Broncos are um a very good team at all. They had that pretty much a 30 to nothing blowout against the Cowboys with two garbage time touchdowns. But I think the Chargers had potential to be a Super Bowl team and they started losing, started losing, started losing, not playing up to potential. Big bounce back win against the Steelers. Um, I know they came back and made it close, but I'm going to take the Chargers in this one. I just think they're a better, well-rounded team than the Broncos are.
2: I agree that the Chargers are the better team, but I'm going to go with the Bengals in this one. This is a revenge game for Melvin Gordon, uh, and I like that storyline. I I, I just like an upset here. I think the Chargers have shown that they're a little bit susceptible to uh, losing to teams that are not necessarily better than them, so I'm going to go with the Broncos here just went
0: up. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm going with the Chargers. I don't know. I'm just a big fan of Justin Herbert. So it's hard for me to pick against them. You know, Denver traded Von Miller. I know their defense is still okay. I know it's at mile high, but I don't know. I like the Chargers in this one. All right, next game, the other Los Angeles team, the Rams at Green Bay. This is one of the better games this week for sure. Mike, what do you think?
1: By far, the uh, I think the best game of – The day, and this is kind of a toss-up to me. The line's even right now. Rams struggled big time last week. You have to imagine both teams coming off a loss, actually. You have to imagine both teams are going to be ready to play. This is a tough one. I'm just going to go with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, man. I think Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback than Matt Stafford. I don't think he has all the pieces that Matt Stafford has on the Rams right now. Um, But I just think the Packers are going to be the better team, and and they're going to be able to use all their pieces, Devontae Adams, and, and. they're running back as well in order to win this game.
2: Yeah, if you if you look at the Rams schedule this year, obviously they're seven and three, but or or did they they did buy last week or they're seven they're seven and three seven and three right. Um, I mean they've they've played other than the Bucks, pretty much just terrible teams that they beat. Uh, and now they're going to get a real test in the best team in the league with the Packers coming into town. I think that they'll bounce back from that really the two bad losses, but a really horrific looking loss on Monday Night Football against the 49ers. I'll take the Rams at home over the Packers.
0: Yeah, you mentioned that loss to the 49ers. To me, that gives me – that there, there have been times like that with the Bucks, with the Rams, excuse me, where I'm a little concerned about them as a legitimate contender. And I just think Aaron Rodgers, like you said it, better quarterback. So give me Green Bay, give me the Pack at the Packers in this one. All right, next up, we mentioned that San Francisco Rams game. So Minnesota at San Francisco, Quigs.
2: Yeah, I got to take the Vikings here. They had a, a very good-looking win against the Packers last week. Uh, the 49ers really, other than that win against the Rams, they, they haven't had a lot of highlights this, this, this season. And uh, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is really going to wow us with, the, with this performance on Sunday. So I'll, I'll take the Vikings.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the 49ers, I think. I, I just think they're getting hot at the right time. I think the Vikings are the better, are, are the better team. But I just think the, the 49ers and Jimmy are going to be able to piece it together kind of how they want and get a very close, maybe field goal, field goal close three point game win against the Vikings. So I'll yeah, take give, the Niners.
0: Yeah. Give me the 49ers too. You know, I was impressed with that win against the Rams. I think they got some momentum on their side, like Mike kind of mentioned here. And the Vikings, I don't know. I just feel like it would be so classic. Vikings are very inconsistent. They beat Packers and then next week they come out and lose to San Francisco. So, Give me the 49ers. All right, next up, the Sunday night football game, the Browns at the Ravens. Mike.
1: Another great game. Um, I'm pretty sure Lamar should be playing. I don't know really otherwise, but I'm taking the Ravens in this one. Um, I just think Lamar is going to be able to use his feet. And Baker is – this is an issue on it. So Baker is severely injured. His, like, collarbone – I think he's a broken collarbone, torn labum, His shoulder is completely messed up, and he's just out there grinding and pushing. And you have to think he's gonna get he's gonna get like a bad hit one of these days. Like he's been getting week after week, he's gonna get sacked. He's gonna fall on the shoulder and have to come out. And it sucks to see, but um, I'm gonna take the Ravens in this one. I just think Lamar is gonna be able to to do more than the Bears, uh, not the Bears, the Browns.
2: Yeah, the, I don't I don't like the Browns in this one. Uh, they won last week despite th- their quarterback being completely uh, unable to perform at his best. Both of them.
1: He's broken, like completely broken. Exactly.
2: And I think the Ravens, well, they had kind of an ugly win against the the Bears last week. Um, But, you know, I like him at home. Is uh, We we have uh, – I mean, they'll get their starter back. Lamar's back. So, I think this is definitely a Ravens game uh, to win. And the Browns, I don't don't think they're a playoff team at this point. So, I I just don't see them winning this game.
0: I don't know. Call it a gut feel. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But – I just give me Cleveland this one. I I don't know why it's just, it's just something about it. Gut. Maybe it's because I relate really well to Browns fans, what they go through. Give me Cleveland. I don't know. I'll go with the dog pound in this one. All right. And the last game of the week, Monday night football, the Seattle Seahawks, who as a jet fan, I am highly invested in their games because we had their first round pick at Washington at the Washington football team. So Mike, who do you like in this one?
1: Yeah. Bad game, bad game back for Russell Wilson. They're surprisingly the underdogs in this game. Um, that they're a one-point underdog and i think they're not going to lose to a washington football team i think russell wilson is obviously a much 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 better quarterback than taylor heineke is um i i think the seahawks are going to win a big bounce back game and the seahawks receivers are i think very talented obviously with dk tyler lockett um so i so i think the seahawks are going to win coming off of a brutal game last week yes
2: yeah, seahawks have kind of been unwashed all season they very living on uh, completely under the expectations set forth for them uh, in that franchise. I'm going to take the Washington football team. I think that Taylor Heineke just has some performances sometimes that you're just like, why is this guy not good? Like, why, why is he just so inconsistent? But I think he's going to have one of those classic Taylor Heineke performances that he does or he, he put on, you know, in the playoffs last year uh, against the giants earlier this season. I think he'll have a good game and uh, I'm going to take the Washington football team on Monday night football. Yeah,
0: you know what? Give me the Washington football team, too. They're at home. And, you know, what? I'm a big fan of Taylor Heineke. I, I just like the way they plays the game. He's a nice little like, you know, was in the XFL, the AF, whatever it was. I, I don't remember which one it was, but, you know, I, li- I like the story. Old Dominion. So, um, yeah, give me uh, give me the Washington football team. All right. Well, that is going to do it for us. This week on NFL Friday, thank you so much for joining us. We are very thankful, if you will, that you joined us this week on NFL Friday. You can listen to the show every week on iTunes, Spotify, WFUVsports.org, or wherever you get your podcasts. For Mike Messina and Tom Quigley, I'm Michael Leegan. Have a happy Thanksgiving, everyone. NFL Friday is a production of WFUV Sports.